Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dan Weederer, on-air contributor for 670 The Score. You're going to be relying on a lot of young players, guys that have to materialize into who they thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. When either they drafted them or guys that they believe in that were already here, that's guys like Justin Fields. Bears beat reporter and enterprise writer for the Chicago Tribune. We'll mention this mainly because Chicago Tribune writer Dan Weederer said we would mention this nugget. I leave here tonight just thinking that maybe this was just a timely reminder that this team isn't there yet, and they're a long way from there yet, and this climb is really steep. Dan and Weedower. Get your track shoes on. With Bernstein and Holmes on 670 The Score. He's there. He's in all of it right now. Dan Weederer of the Chicago Tribune joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, CircaLasVegas.com. Dan, I guess the conclusion that we've all drawn is that things seem to be coming together as far as the Bears' plans. It's unlikely they're going to be this open discussing a trade of Justin Fields if they weren't actually going to trade Justin Fields. It feels like that is going to happen. What do we know as far as what's next? Yeah, Dan, it's a good question because I think the that is hard to decipher right now because it's been really hard here over the last few days to get a true gauge for the teams that are serious about Justin Fields and, and, and have an offer on the table. And so right now I think Ryan Poles is trying to feel that out in terms of um, converting interest into an actual offer. And so right now it seems like it's a little bit of a holding pattern and, and we kind of just have to wait to see uh, if he gets a, a suitor and if he gets multiple suitors and then how he can kind of play the game of poker from there. Yeah, it, it's interesting because with free agency and there being some choices to make for right. teams that are looking for quarterbacks, like they, the, the timing of it is, is – uh, very important for the Bears and, and obviously for, for Justin, but that throws a wrench into this thing, doesn't it? In, in, a wrench in which way? In, in like the teams that may need a quarterback could use right, like, free agency to, to exactly. fill that void. Exactly. And so that, that, you know, like you guys know that this week is a lot of feeling out between uh, teams and agents, teams and teams. And that, like that process is ongoing. And you're right, Lawrence, because um, until you have some clarity on what the actual items on the menu are, 
you can't really order, you know. And so we're kind of in that stage now for, for teams that are in need of a quarterback to try to figure that out and then kind of put their pecking order of what, what their plan A is, what their plan B is, what their plan C is. You know, Kirk Cousins was a guy that a lot of people were interested to see if he was going to be on the market as a veteran that you could uh, put into a team that seems ready to win. Well, now it seems like all the momentum is moving towards him staying in Minnesota. And so now teams that may have had him on their, their radar are saying, okay, which direction do we pivot from there? And so there's a lot of that going on, and that's going to continue probably uh, through Sunday. I really enjoyed – I really liked your question that you asked Ryan Poles about – the, the Kansas City quarterback process when you guys yeah. got to talk to him a few days ago. What what did you want to try and find out when when asking that question? Yeah, well, I was hoping for a better answer, to be honest with you, and I think there's more time to get at it. But it's it's just that, you know, like, like Ryan was in the center of what is widely regarded as a, a total jackpot in terms of quarterback evaluation, aggressiveness to get him, uh, setting him up for success, like that experience is informative. And that experience is most likely going to shape the way he goes about evaluating this draft class. And as a, a couple of people have said to me this week, in the process of evaluating the draft class, you need to simultaneously be planning what you're going to do with the prospect that you pick, you know? And so it is kind of a multi-pronged approach here of, of figuring that out. Ryan had that experience in Kansas city. It's one that you're never going to be able to carbon copy, but you can certainly learn things from it. Um, you know, we've talked previously about how, you know, they didn't get fixated on the concerns with Patrick. They got fixated on the gifts and the gifts convinced them that he was going to be a difference making quarterback. I don't think anyone in that organization would lie to you and tell you that they were predicting three Super Bowls in his first <laughs> six years starting, but they saw something there. Right. And, and, and so, so that process should be helpful to Ryan uh, as he kind of puts his troops out in the next month and a half to, to continue the scouting process on Caleb Williams, on Jaden Daniels, on the rest of this quarterback draft class. Dan, help me flesh out a thought that I, it's sort of been swirling in my head over the last couple of days regarding the larger sort of secular position of quarterback and the way teams look at it. Like if 15 years ago, if the Bears had Justin Fields, for example, we wouldn't be talking at all probably about them saying, well, it's it's got to improve. It's got to improve. They got to cut bait. They got to move him. This hasn't worked. Where now this, the overall standard for quarterback play of whatever numbers you want to put on it or the eye test is so much higher now. And we've seen it happen at other positions. We've seen it happen with the expected standard of play at wide receiver where the, the third wide receiver on a team right now, 15 years ago, would be a number one. I mean, we considered elite. Just these are the skills you have to have to play the position. Are we going to get, whether it's this draft, the, the previous year or the year later, maybe call it the Patrick Mahomes effect. But is this going to be like what Steph Curry did about about NBA and shooting? Are we getting to the point where we're, we're going to recognize after the fact a change in standard at the position? There's a change in standard, and I think it's also married up with a difference in the hourglass, if that makes sense. You know, head coaches are feeling the ticking clock in their heads at all times. General managers are feeling the ticking clock in their heads at all times. And there's certain timelines within the league that tell you, you know, like you have to make decisions and react on this time schedule. And if you don't, you may never have that job again, you know? And so I, I feel like that pressure is, is significantly higher than it was 15 years ago. Then you have this situation where you have these quarterbacks that have come in and had early success and shown you that if you can do that, if you can be, 
Patrick Mahomes. I like to use Josh Allen when we're talking about the Bears because he walked into a situation in Buffalo that is so similar to where the Bears are now. Haven't been uh, able to sustain any sort of success for a quarter century, haven't been able to get in the playoffs at all, and now all of a sudden they're in January football every single year. You know, and so, so, so the, the understanding that that guy has to be the engine that takes your entire franchise to the level you, you want to go to, just I think it's, it's increased all the things that you talked about, just the, 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 the elevated standard and the push to try to find and get that guy as soon as possible because if you don't, there's a whole bunch of job applicants waiting outside your door to take that, that desk that you're sitting at. You wrote about the vetting process on Caleb Williams, and, and I'm, I'm curious to know, and a lot of it's in the piece, but from the people that you talk to, which do you think is more vital now to the Bears to find out, whether it's the stuff that's on tape or the stuff that you can't see? No, it's 100% the stuff that you can't see, and it's going to be a really interesting process over the next six weeks. Obviously, they got 18 minutes with him last night here in Indianapolis. That's just the, the icebreaker and, and helps set them up um, to start a relationship that's going to have to continue when they go to the pro day in the middle of next month when they um, you know, likely have a private dinner with him when they bring him into Lake Forest to have a, a, an all-day visit at Hallis Hall. And so I think there's, there's so much of this that becomes the gut feel on that level, Lawrence, where you just want to feel – connected to the guy you want to feel like he's connected to you and the organization and the expectations and the standards that we just talked about and so you you really got to dive into that Caleb Williams is a fascinating dude on that level because one of the things that that you know I kind of look back on the piece that I did for today and and was kind of taken by is the fact that you can talk to three different people in an hour and get three different thoughts on the same topic, you know? And so it, it reminds you that this is why it's an exact science because the passing game coordinator at USC may tell you one thing. And then somebody else that sat down with them in a different environment may, may tell you another thing. And so when you're in your room as a front office and you're setting your draft board and you're having all these conversations, you have to, to have a, a feeling on which one you're putting more stock into. And, and it's difficult to do that. And uh, with Caleb, you know, I think that the thickness of the skin and the ability to be that commanding leader in a market like this is something that's got to be at the forefront of everything they're doing in that evaluation. The Bears were, their head coach was graded a B by Bears players, dinged for not necessarily listening to the locker room, as, as we read. And that's fine that uh, there may be a quibble here or there. He's, this is a defensive, not just a defensive-minded head coach, but your defensive play caller. And he's decided he's going yeah. to continue to be concentrating there. You're having these meetings with a quarterback. You're right. having these meetings with the most the most important single position in all of team sports that is not on the defensive side of the ball, and you just hired a new offensive coordinator who may matter more to Caleb Williams than even the head coach and you know yeah. a, a rah-rah speech here or there. Like this, the uncertainty of this, where the Bears themselves may not exactly know how Waldron is coming across. Do you know what his role is in these interviews and how important it is that any of these quarterbacks that you decide that you're going to pick is going to have the right relationship with the coach that matters more to him? Dan, it's like at the center of everything because you have to be able to get almost an instant connection between the play caller and the quarterback. So you don't spend a season and a half trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Right. You know, how many times have we gone through this in Chicago and banged our head through a wall because those things aren't aligned? I think there's some level of surprise still in the league that the Bears decided to double down and keep Matt Eberflus around simply because he's a defensive-minded coach with zero 
I, nothing on his resume that tells you he's got a track record of seeing high-level quarterback development through. You know, peripherally, in the center of his focus, whatever it is, it's not there. And so now you're left in that guessing game at a pivotal point with the organization. Shane Waldron just got in the building. He was just introduced to us last week. He's still trying to figure out who his colleagues are and what they're doing. And now you're entering this period of the next six to seven weeks where he's going to be at Ryan pulls his hip and they're going to go to all these stops and he's going to have to be central to helping them answer questions. And the most important question being is, am I connected with this prospect? I had um, an assistant coach in the league say that like, one of the things that he changed about the way he evaluates players is when he sits down with them, it's not just about, okay, here's the skill set, here's the talent. It's like, which one of these guys would I enjoy coaching the most, mm-hmm. right? And which one is going to bring that, that passion and that fuel where we connect on a level where we can get each other to the next level? And so that, like, that's, a, that's an interesting way to look at it because that relationship is more important than ever. And certainly with a defensive-minded coach, it's, it's, it's central to what the Bears are doing. Speaking of the surveys, you would be the right person to ask about this because you saw it up close. We see that the Vikings were higher ranked in certain situations than the Bears were. And I do think that there's probably some residue from the changes that Kevin Warren made in the Vikings organization. One of the things I said to Dan earlier, Dan, was that if the Bears end up in this survey next year, where they're not happy with the training staff, they're not happy with the food and nutrition aspect, I would be shocked. You saw the changes happen up close in Minnesota. Is it fair to to give that to Kevin Warren and say that's something that he for sure can make a difference in? I mean, I wouldn't overstate that. I mean, I think that's all about what you're trying to create organizationally in terms of just knowing what standards are and what's going to help your people do their job at a higher level, you know, and I, I give credit to the NFLPA for, for doing this survey the last two years, because I do think it's informative. It's informative to the players. It's informative to the organizations. It kind of gives you, um, you know, an unfiltered look at, at where people are happy with you and where they're not. I'm still waiting for uh, the survey that asks the media what they think of things. And then so, so, so we can weigh in and I'll be waiting a while. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can do that on the show next week and I can, I can uh, let you guys know a few things, but no, like I think, I think these things are important. And I, I think that the, the, the right organizations take that criticism constructively and they figure out how to get better. I think, you know, you, you look at the bears, uh, one of the things in that survey was they, they added, you know, childcare on game days at the stadium. Little thing, right? But if it helps you as a player feel like your family logistics are, are squared away on the day that you need to be at your absolute best performing, great. You know, and so now you're just looking for all those little improvements. And, and to the, the central part of your question, Lawrence, like I think Kevin is aware of those things. It's part of uh, the strength in his skill set. And I would imagine that they would sit down and talk about the things they did well the things they didn't and try to improve on. And one little footnote to that, I do think Ryan Pace deserves a ton of credit yes, me too. for his vision in the facilities. You know, the, the things that he did to, to upgrade that building are still being felt, you know? And so, um, yeah, that's a, a small footnote. Well, and a lot part. of that, believe it or not, was due to the constant whining, grumbling, and complaining of John Fox. No joke. No joke. Like gets the oil, right? That that was that was when he walked in and looked at everything. He's like, "This isn't the way that it's supposed to go." We need another practice field. Like his, I'm not kidding. He he was such a pain in everybody's ass with his constant complaining about lack of quality. They they actually shut him up and, and did something about it. It's all a problem. 
I, I saw John last night on the way out. He was coming out. I was going into an establishment uh, later in the evening and said hello to him a little bit. But you're right, and, and th- th- there's a lot to that. Um, you know, th- this circling it back to Kevin Warren for a second, one of the reasons that he wanted to do those sit-down interviews with all the employees in the building is to get some of those complaints on the table and to understand, like, this is these are areas we're lacking. These are things that make people unhappy. These are things that stress people out. Let's try to improve those. And if we improve those to a level where people start to do their job better and come in here more excited about doing their job, results in every department should be better. And ultimately, obviously, we all know that the, the results on the football field are the most important. And so maybe some of this matters. Dan, how do the Bears keep themselves from fixating on Caleb? Not that they shouldn't because you know, you've know you got the number one pick, so you're holding all the cards. But how do you make it so that, like, look, we think that he's the guy, but we have to make sure that someone else isn't the guy. How do they oh, yeah. go about doing that? You just, you do your homework the same way with the other guys. You know, I mean, I, I think at this point you can probably have your list, especially when you're picking number one overall and there's, you know, not, not a lot of choices. Now, if you have desires on trading back beyond three, well then maybe your list needs to be longer, but I think you could probably narrow it down to three guys right now where you really do the intense homework on all of them the same way you have the same set of things, right? Like we know in 2017 that the bears didn't do the same things with Deshaun Watson that they did with Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky. You, you want to be able to uh, let every guy give you their chance to sell themselves to you, you know, and, and let you feel what their motivations are, what their strengths are, all those things. And so, yeah, I mean, look like you got to be centrally diving down on Caleb for sure, because it, everybody here seems to think like it's a, it's a no brainer pick for them unless they find something crazy on the character uh, checklist that, that gives them pause, but you can't shortchange yourself. And I, you know, I've said for a while and Ryan has agreed with this, that it's okay. This isn't marriage. Like you can fall in love with more than one quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and then, try to figure out and sift through it from there. You don't have to say, oh, it's, it's you know, we got to be monogamous in this process and we like this guy and we're going to be, you know, blinders on, centrally focused on him. And so, yeah, I think the key is just making sure that you have those discussions regularly about not cheating yourselves in the evaluations of all these other guys. This may be a silly question, but it's one that I asked yesterday. The Bears in their interviews like to loosen everything up and sort of so- <laughs> socialize things with, with putt, like, a, like a putting green or darts. Have you ever asked, is it okay if the interviewee says, I would rather not do either and let's just sit and talk? <laughs> I have questions and I, I, don't, I don't need this. Is that okay? Uh, it's a great question. My, my guess would be that it would raise an eyebrow. You know, it would be like, okay, why, why, why don't you want to do this? We're just trying to break the ice here. We're trying to get a little feel for your personality and, and your competitiveness. If, if, you, if you decline that, uh, I think it would probably go into your file. You know, and when you walked out of the room, everybody would look around at one another and go like, why didn't he want to do that? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it, maybe it's because he thinks it's stupid. <laughs> you can tell them that in uh, early May, right? Like wh- wh- when you know that uh, your contract is secure, then you can tell them that, that that was pretty stupid. I didn't want to do it. But I mean, it's a 35 second thing. I, I, I would hope that it wouldn't be a uh, major holdup for, for many of these guys. Dan, we appreciate the time. Have fun down there. Yeah, Lawrence, I'm uh, I'm not as young as I once was, and so the fun uh, catches up to you by by Thursday afternoon. Oh, so hold I'm, on a second. If you're if you're going into an establishment when John when, Fox right, is walking when out, John of one, Fox is coming on. out. I don't want to hear Weaver. that. The evidence does not say what you claim. <laughs> John, John Fox has also gotten older, as he said, as he was coming out the revolving doors last night and said, "I'm, I'm older than I once was. I, I can't stay out with you guys anymore." Yeah, so uh, everybody's getting older. Everybody's getting older. Dan, have fun. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. See you, fellas.
and from what I know, it's better for the establishment and society if John Fox leaves earlier. I don't know about that. It's just it's better for you know, Dan has a has a great <laughs> property. And- Great John Fox impression that he'll do on the Take the North Pod every now and then. So we need we need right. Dan and Layla's John Fox. Like that's what we now need. Whenever we have like conversations about him, let's have a conversation about the Cubs as currently constructed. When we come back, because it looks like this is this, this is, is it. It's probably it. Probably it. Barring is this some enough unforeseen circumstances? Not sure. There were some opinions on what we should expect and why at least one person believes that this roster as it is is going to be better, more productive than last year's. All right, let's get into that next here on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Yeah, well, I mean, I think everyone felt it and knew it. It's just this game is, it is business, unfortunately, and um, there's always some challenges that go with that, but uh, I know everybody, you know, in this whole process worked hard to make sure that it could happen because he, he fits our team in so many different areas and uh, can cover so many, you know, different holes, whether it's defensively or offensively. So uh, excited to have him back and, uh, you know, more and more start to feel like we, we're starting to kind of develop a little bit of an identity and can actually build off of something from last year. So. Dansby Swanson getting ready for his second season after surprisingly being the best of that free agent shortstop crop for one year. See if he can keep it up as he gets into the ages at which guys tend to drop off and the ages at which when you play every single game, it may tend to degrade your play late in the season. He's also doing a great job as assistant general manager of the Cubs. Indeed. So I think the Cubs are probably done. Maybe there will be late in camp and a bullpen arm that's available. But for the most part, I think not only is the 26-man roster going to be set, 
I think there's more certainty about the 40 men than there is about the actual Major League roster. Do you have Pete Crow Armstrong making the team? I don't. I don't either. I, I, I hope he Because he, he probably needs the I, bats. I want him to go learn how to hit. I want to see that. At AAA, go consistently. Make it impossible for me to keep you down in AAA. To call you back up because, I mean, look, Matt Mervis made it impossible for them to keep him in AAA. That's what you got to do, though. And then he you... got to the major leagues That's and okay. it was like, oh, boy. He earned it. Yeah, 100%. He earned, he earned the call-up and he earned the demotion, too. Yeah, that's fine. That's what the system is designed to do. But it really looks to me like the Cubs are pretty pleased with what they've put together. And you think, well, wait a second. They won 83 games last year, right? How- 83. And you, now you you're, you were down a starting pitcher because you had that great, great yes. first half from Stroman. You know, and so you don't have him anymore. So are you are you as good as you were? I, I know that when we were talking about this yesterday in transition with Parkins and Spiegel, I, I like what you said. How did you phrase it about the the CBT? Like, they don't hand out trophies for... For smart contracts. I guess yeah. they were going through. They don't, have any, they don't have any bad contracts. But there's no award for being the team with the fewest bad contracts. I know that, that, that I didn't follow Jed's advice and i should have or maybe i shouldn't have but he said after the council thing like this isn't a harbinger of we're gonna be big players in free agency and all of this stuff i it was hard for me to look at it any other way though like if you're making this type of an investment in a manager don't you have to give him some things to to manage not that he doesn't have it, but you would think that they would go all out to try and make this the the most like bulletproof roster that you could put together. And I don't think they've done that. I, I just don't feel like they've done enough. And maybe that means I'm not giving Council enough credit for how valuable they think he is and how valuable he can be. Ray, you're, you're our resident Cubs fan here. They got... Bellinger back, and that's good. Do you feel like they've done enough? I don't, and I've been in agreement with Layla, who weeks ago said, it's great if you sign Cody Bellinger again, Cubs, but that's not going to be enough. What else are you going to do to improve the team? And I've felt that way. I wanted Bellinger to come back, of course, but what else? I mean, sure, they've got uh, Imanaga in the rotation. That's, That's great. I love that, but... I still feel like they could use another reliable arm in that rotation. Right, let me give you a brief dissenting opinion here. Okay. And this was Tony Andraki of the Marquee Network. He was on Mully and Haw this morning and asked why he believes the Cubs, as currently constructed already, should be better this season. Jed pointed to this a bunch, and the Cubs talked about the whole, uh, like, performing, not performing very well in high leverage moments. So they're by the run differential, all that stuff, they should have won 90 games last year. Now, they are what their record says they are, so they won 83, they missed the playoffs by one game. That, that's what actually happened. But I think the team on the field was a team that was capable of winning up to 90 games last year. So if you're bringing back most of that crew, obviously Stroman's the one really big loss there, but 
think Imanaga can possibly put up, you know, similar numbers. The Cubs are very hopeful for that. But I also just like the, the pitching depth and some of these young guys that are coming in, you know, whether it's Jordan Wicks or Javier Assad or Hayden Wisniewski, who I mentioned, or, you know, Caleb Killian's looked good this spring. He's a guy that I think some people have forgotten about. Uh, there's probably one or two other guys in there for sure. But, you know, then there's Drew Smiley around. And then is Cade Horton come up at some point? Does Ben Brown help out? Uh, some of these other youngsters like Matt Shaw's looked good. Does he help at some point this year? Does Michael Bush take that next step that the Cubs think he can? I think there are a lot of ifs for sure. There are there are a lot of question marks, but I do feel pretty confident that the Cubs can be better than last year because of the council effect, because I think they got unlucky and performed poor in high leverage moments last year, which is randomness. You know, it could turn very, very easily for this season. And I just like their overall like pitching picture that and these some of these young guys that can like help take the next step this season. Now, I don't want to call captain variance away from more important things that the captain is doing right now, out helping other worlds and other universes. So, no, 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 no. Don't send the signal out for captain variance. But he's busy. It's not his time yet. There will be a time for captain variance. But uh, I just want you guys to know we have more than one musical choice for Captain Variance. Okay. But uh, Clay Davenport, uh, Clay Davenport of Baseball Prospectus, has sort of pioneered this idea of third order winning percentage. What does that mean? It is we we hear about Pythagorean record all the time. Pythagorean record is what what your record should be based on the runs you score and the runs your opponents score, and that gives you a, a, a blunt tool to apply to where you should be. Yar. which a lot of teams. A lot of teams will use to measure managers' success or failure. Third-order winning percentage is a turbocharged version of that, where Clay Davenport has done more than just use runs. It's adjusted equivalent runs, which it uses also the quality of each team's opponent's pitching and defense. So, like the Cubs clobbered the Oakland Athletics last year. They won those games like 15 to nothing and 12 to 2 and all this. And everyone said, well, why are you using run differential? Well, that team sucks. Well, that's what third order record is designed to do to, to use linear weighting and all that to balance for all of this. And based on that last year, the Cubs won the division. First order record. They won 90 and a half wins, and the Brewers were at 89-7. But when they did all the math and did the third quarter, third order record with everything involving opponents, the Cubs were at 88.7. The Brewers were at 86. And yet, the Brewers actually won 92, and the Cubs won 83. So is, is the real easy difference to look at and say, well, they had Craig Council and you had David Ross? I don't – I think that's – too simplistic, that is, that too productive, is, but not wrong. It is both simplistic and reductive and informative because I I know for a fact the Cubs believe that that had something to do with it. And sure, there is variance in here. That not, not sometimes it things it's just luck. It's just variance. But if you do this enough, if you play to your underlying statistics and your record, the Cubs should have won 89 games last year. They should have. And they feel that way. Whether you can point to Seiya Suzuki dropping a ball or Ian Happ dropping a ball or Dansby Swanson being tired or somebody leaving a pitch in the zone, regardless of all of those things, they should have won 89 games and they didn't. 
And they just want to be at a point where they win what the numbers say they should win. I mean, there's two things inside of what Tony said that I'm, I would, like, push back on. One of them is I don't know what Imanaga is. I don't either. Like, I, I would love to feel better. I mean, m- most things that I've read or the YouTube videos that I've seen – seem to put him as a middle-of-the-rotation starter. But that's that's all projection. Like, I, I wish there was more that I could pull from his resume that would allow me to feel better. The other part is, it's been a long time since we've had a, a big discussion about the value of manager. I personally feel like it matters a lot. Most people don't. Most people d- don't think that, you know, that the managers are worth more than two or three games. That would have made the difference for the Cubs last year, by the way. I believe in investing in smart people that are disruptive and interesting, and I think that Craig Council is that. I just go, you could have done more with the roster itself that allows allows the margin to not be as small, where... Sure, maybe Craig Council is worth four games more than David Ross. But I why don't you add that to a player that's going to be worth two or three more wins versus what you already have? The Michael Bush thing is a question for me. I get that he was blocked, but you're asking him now to be your starting first baseman. And it's another one of those things, well, I... It makes sense, but I don't know how how I don't feel comfortable that I know how that's going to go. And if you ask me to make a bet on it, I would bet the negative that it's probably going to go badly for him instead of, oh, it's, he's going to be great and everything's going to be fine. I will say the projections from the Japanese league to MLB have gotten better. Closer, yeah. They've done a better job of and of being able to project statistics and scout just because there's been a more of a sample size and people have done more work on it. So you're not having the, the misses aren't as wild as they used to be. Well, but even, you, even if he's projected as a three and he's really a five, like, yeah, you know this, what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. This it's, is if, if you go with the idea as we heard from, from Tony and Drackey, like, okay, he is the Marcus Stroman replacement. Well, Marcus Stroman gave you a strong half of a season and you hope for something more than that for the guy who's going to be what that you hope to be your number three. And it's weird because I feel like the Cubs, when you're talking about the 40 man roster, I feel like the Cubs have depth. I don't know if they have good depth though. Like they've got some guys that we know about, but I'm I don't feel I don't feel great about their roster. I think that that's the conclusion that I've drawn. I don't feel great about the Cubs roster going into the 2024 season. And I think the the point that Jed is trying to make is you didn't think when last year began that Justin Steele was going to get Cy Young votes. Yeah, but and that what they're saying isn't is isn't he a candidate to for regression? Yeah, sure. I would also I Bet on Jamison Tyone this year. I would not. I would. I would. I will bet that he has a higher WAR than he had last year. What was the WAR number for him last year? One point six. 
I will I will bet you he has a higher war this year than last year. I I don't like that bet. I would I would rather it be this way. I will bet you that his war won't be over two. I'll take that. I'll take that. You got him over two? Do I get two or over? Yeah. I just need a two on the front. Yeah, that's for fun. Jameson Tyone's fan graphs. Fan graphs. War for in full next year. He has to be worth two wins. You're gonna go gonna go a dollar Mortimer? Crisp yeah. new dollar? Yeah, crisp new dollar. All right. I'll do that. I will I will I will bet on on improvement of Jameson Tyone. I believe in him. Okay. I've been wrong before. Oh, we all are. It's not, it's not, you know. It's not and I, just I, you. you know, I don't make I don't make many bets. I, I made yeah. the Pirates bet last year. I owe you. Yeah, I know. Oh wait, or yeah, I do. Yeah. What were we doing? Dinner or wine? They weren't. They weren't going to have a single player with a higher word. Anybody on the Sox, right? <laughs> Luis Roberts saved you. Yes, he, he really did. did. Well, I bet. I, I bet on that. Yes, because other than him. Go oh, Pirates! Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> but they had some hot starts that cooled off, and so. But yeah, so what did we bet on that? Was that chicken or was that a dollar? I think it was a glass of wine. I think we were going to go down to oh and get like a twenty dollars glass of wine. Or yeah. whatever it is down there. Yeah, I'll, I'll make you do that. I don't care. That's fine. All right, we'll let it ride. Put it on the tab. We'll just we'll keep All right. a, we'll keep a tab. Yeah. I always did that with my friends. We had a tab, and then the tab would every day at midnight would reset to zero. <laughs> Well, I don't want to do that. You should be paid. Oh, we were betting millions. It was great. Oh, well, I don't have put it. Put it on the tab. Put it on put it on my tab. Uh high noon is coming up next. I have a 911 call that is both hilarious and chilling. I have a corporate statement that then was completely unwound <laughs> via via a quote-unquote clarification that was a lot more than a clarification when this is a lesson in think it through. Just think it through. We'll do all that next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the Palace Saloon. Yeah, right. When? High noon? Done a lot today, actually, in the first almost two hours of this show. We talked a little bit about the these NFL player surveys and some of the truths that they expose not about this team or that, just in general, how where the failings have been for a gazillion dollar league to do right by their players' mental and physical health and wellness and sleep. Get it better. Get it right. There's no excuse for any of this being any. Every team should get an A. Every NFL team should get an A, and it should be a league rule that they do what they do to get an A. 
Uh, we discussed the historic Bulls game last night with those rebounding numbers and everything that happened. It's just too bad that they had the, the, the big turd against the Pistons that sort of ruined what could be a fun stretch for them. Dan Wiederer gave us some um, intense insight into what the Bears are doing right now. And then we debated whether or not the Cubs have done enough. I ran across this, and when I initially saw it, I was like, that's hilarious. And then I listened to it, and I'm like, it's still hilarious, but now it's also a little jarring. Check out this 911 call. Halfway 911, what is your emergency? Yes, this is Jesus Christ, and I just broke into the Pizza Hut. I broke the window, and I'm here. Jesus is here now. He's back He's back to earth. All right. And uh, so you don't work there? No, I just broke in, had a pizza. I'm Jesus. And what was your name again? My name is Jesus. What's your last name, Jesus? Christ. Okay. And what do you look like? I look like Jesus. What else am I supposed to look like? Why Why'd you do that? Because I'm Jesus. I can do whatever I want. We're uh, tired of Judas's on this earth. We're going to clean this earth up. So what are you up to? Man, where do you live at? I don't. I'm from heaven. How'd you get over over to the Pizza Hut? I'm from heaven, sir. Okay. And did you break a front window? Yeah, I broke the door window, sir. And did you eat a pizza? Yeah. Had a Mountain Dew. Jesus. You said it, man. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> with the Jesus. See, I was, you know, I was like... Let me say this. Based on his answers... He's pretty consistent. Very. Like, I mean, I, we can't rule out the fact that he's telling the truth. Well, here's the thing, though. One inconsistency is if you just appeared, in, you know, like. Now, why'd you have to break in? Why'd you, you have, have to break, break in? into the pizza hut? Yeah, exactly. Who knew that, that Jesus did the do? Where was that? I don't even know. It was fine until I got to clean some of this stuff up. Then well, it was the like, Judas's. hey, hey. Uh, but that guy's sticking to his story, though. And he offered the fact that he had a Mountain Dew? I believe that he believes he's Jesus. What do you think I look like? I look like Jesus. I look like Jesus. What do you mean, what's my last name? How'd you get here? Come on, you know how I got here. Where do you live? Heaven. Heaven. Yeah, I I agree with Lawrence, though. It was all fun until it got to that part where he's going to clean up these streets. about the Judases. Yeah. It's it's a little dangerous. (laughs) I also enjoyed the 911 operator being like, Okay, what's your last name? Of course, Christ. Okay, got it. No, but he kind of had the the Hawk Harrelson, all right, this initial reaction. Sure, you're Jesus. Okay. Just tell us where you're at. But if he were Jesus, that would be the response, though. Like, if you're sure you are. I mean, but Jesus also wouldn't, especially the version that comes back. Right. The version that was here before might have a need to break into the version that comes back, he not break. He don't need to break into nothing. It'll all open up. Everything's fine. He's back. I'm in trouble. Yeah, I, I, I mean, probably got to get up out of here. There's, there's a whole revelations thing. It doesn't end well for some of us. Well, a lot of people <laughs> to be a little hot. It, you, your folks stopped reading that book after the yeah, the yeah, first I, book I know, was but, over. But that, was, that was because 
he didn't think he was coming back. You you won't be the only That's, one was, in trouble. That was kind I'll of I'll just say that. That was kind of the calculus there. It's like <laughs> Yeah, he's not coming back. Yeah, he's not the son of God and it's all that's Yeah, all, you won't be back. Right. I don't Heathens. I, but he's if he's actually back, like I I'm I might have to go. Well, you're gonna go somewhere. I know. Like I say. Well, no, you won't go anywhere. We'll go. Yeah, and you'll, you'll be stuck you'll here. Still, no. And then you'll go. No, there's the lake of fire. I, I need to freshen fell up on into the burning lake of fire. So, if you're around, if you're looking for Jesus, Jesus is apparently hanging out at the Pizza Hut. Well, what we need him to do there is uh, there's another fast food uh, company that might need a little heavenly guidance. They here. definitely need some Jesus <laughs> because Wendy's think it through, man. Wendy's CEO. Less than two weeks ago on its earnings call, told shareholders it would, quote, begin testing more enhanced features like dynamic pricing. And Ah. dynamic pricing is what you understand with Uber and Ticketmaster. It's surge pricing when there's increased demand. And they were talking about new menu boards to give them flexibility to change the display. So all of a sudden, once the lunch rush hits, your Baconator goes from $5.99 to $7.99. And then maybe it drops down later in the day. So as Craig Calcaterra wrote, the, the commercials write themselves. If you are a competitor, the oppo. the oppo spots where a minivan full of kids pulls up and all of a sudden the harried mom looks out and says, okay, kids, what do you want? All the nuggets. And then and all of a sudden, the prices go through the roof. Oh, kids, we're going to go across the street to where we know things cost. Oh, mom. So... Or we, we can't afford this, kids. Let's go over to McDonald's. Right. It's too easy. So they got absolutely clowned. It's another case of, of the internet bullying working. It worked. If, as long as you're punching up instead of down, it's a place where the memes come to get you. Like they did for the, the Cubs hashtag. So now they're saying they have no plans for surge pricing. They said... The menu board comments, they're saying, were misconstrued. They're offended that you call In media reports as an intent to raise prices when demand is highest. The media's fault. This is their updated official statement. We have Ah. no plans to do that and would not raise prices when our customers are visiting visiting us most. And they go through here some of the, the idea of what dynamic pricing is and how it is simply more efficient price gouging, which is exactly what it is. In an earlier statement, Wendy's noted that menu items would get cheaper during slow times of the day. This other feature of dynamic pricing, the company did not clarify that surge pricing would not occur. And now they've gone back and tried to re-re-clarify they will not be doing this. So next time, again, think it through. They were bordering on my favorite argument for when someone doesn't have an argument. You took it out of context! (laughs) Well, the other difference, too, with hotel rooms and Uber drivers, what do you have? A finite amount of something. The reason the price goes up is because the the supply can't meet the demand or there is an increased demand for for a finite supply. If you had, there's, oh, we only have six Baconators today. That's it. <laughs> That's it. The whole day, we have six Baconators. This is what they cost. Dan, don't give them ideas. Market price for Baconators. Right? But 
you, you can make as many as you want. Done. Think it through. Think it through. <laughs> that is High Noon. We do it every day around this time here on The Score to make your day better. What are we doing next? Lance Brozdowski, who knows all about this entire Cubs roster, is going to give us his thoughts into how it all looks. Terrific. Snacks on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.